The following podcast may contain some adult language. You've been warned. Those of you who got an invite, welcome to NerdProm. <laughs> no matter where in the world you are, we're all NERDS International. With the hyphen. Welcome to Finding the Narrative, the Genesis RPG podcast. This is a show dedicated to the Genesis role-playing system from Fantasy Flight Games, a show in which we, your hosts, discuss all things Genesis from both a player's and a GM's perspective. I am Tony Fanning, and with me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Chris Holmes. How you doing, homie? Oh, I'm doing great, man. I got a full belly. I went to this pub downtown Minneapolis called the Merlin's Rest, had myself some tater tots, dipped them in some steak gravy. Oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm a very svelte guy. So, <laughs> sorry, guys out there, anyways. But no, I played some golf in the morning with, the, with my wife and all ready to go today. Especially because we have the, um, the barbarian himself. Oh, yeah. Matt Stark. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Excellent. Welcome to the show, bud. Hey, thanks for having me on. Mm-hmm. Did you do anything cool today, Matt? Um, no, not really. Went to, well, I mean, we went to a, a friend's birthday party, my wife's friend's birthday party. So it was kind of boring because, you know, I didn't know anyone there. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So um, I, myself, I had a card tournament for Star Wars Destiny played uh, about an hour away from here and ran into some traffic on the way home, thought for sure I was going to be late and then realized, oh, yeah, we're recording an hour later than I originally thought. Dum, dum, da, dum. And uh, I got home and Melissa had spaghetti made for me. So I was like, sweet. <laughs> so I'm nice. sitting fat and happy, too. <laughs> sweet. So I've asked this of all of our guests. So, Matt, how would you cut your... What'd you cut your um, role-playing teeth on, man? What was the first game you played? Where did it all start? Oh, gosh. Um, I was eight years old. My older brother, who was eight years older than me, uh, DM'd for me and my friend. Uh, oh, what, 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 what? DM'd? Yes, he DM'd for me and my friend, Brian. Nice. This, uh, I believe this was uh, AD&D. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Circa 80... 80-something. 80 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for yeah, me it was the, for me it was a red box in 1983 or 4ish. I don't know. And I've been well, DMing ever since, bastard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we'll get the D out of you someday. <laughs> Con and the cob. Did I mention Con and the cob everybody? No. <laughs> All right, uh, so let me see. So news you know, it was. It didn't come out. So last week, or maybe the week before last, it's all, all this stuff happens like a day after we record. It seems like. Um, yeah, it seems like it. They announced the Tiernoth adversary cards for Denzins and foes of Tiernoth. This Sweet. is great. Yeah, this is pretty awesome. <laughs> I mean, it was right after we decided we were going to do a show about adversaries. <laughs> and then the adversary so, decks. So what's the next thing? We need to do it on GM screens. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, or maybe, or maybe box sets. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, box sets of say, 
I don't know, something like Twilight Imperium box sets? Yeah. Oh. Something like that. Netrunner. But no, if, if any of you out there have seen or used the Star Wars adversary decks, these are, I, I think they're kind of a must-have. It's good, definitely a, a, a plus add to your DM toolbox. Yeah, if you ever need to dial up an NPC that a player had, like your players, oh, they got some loot and now they want to sell it and you don't have a merchant, pow, throw a merchant down. Mm-hmm. You, you've got it right in front of you. You can reskin them in seconds. They're wonderful. The, I can't say enough how much I've used those. That is probably the biggest accessory that I have ever used for the Star Wars game is oh. those adversary decks. That's cool. So. Yeah, man, um, you, had a, you had a good idea before we started talking about the sheets. Oh, yeah, if they just uh, released a product that only had um, the adversaries uh, in a PDF so that you could print them up and put them in page protectors. Yeah, it'd be nice if they if they released PDFs for these, too. Or, yeah. you could, well, I mean, you have the PDFs of, what, the Tiernoth book and the core book, so there they are. Now, well, maybe have- it's a... Maybe Do they it's have a gear cards? Online. Sorry, it, no. Cool. Do they have gear cards, or is it just adversaries? I didn't have not seen the gear cards. Did they do anything like that for the Star Wars line? I know they did. Uh, that was fan created. That was fan, fan created. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there's stuff out there though, and and there's plenty of templates. Yeah. Uh, the GM the GM binder is beautiful for templates. Yeah. Not that I know how to use it because I'm illiterate in code, but. Um, <laughs> And, you know, I'll tell you, talents would be, talent cards would be good, too, because, man, when I'm playing online with you guys, I've got, I got, we have so many experience points now. I have so many damn talents. I got them going all the way around my freaking character sheet. I'm like, what would have I used? So. Well, you live near the Fantasy Flight Center. Go get some of the talent cards you need for your sniper. I don't want to hear you complaining. Yeah, well, there's that. <laughs> there's that. <laughs> yes, I do, everybody. <laughs> All right, so what we're uh, what we're gonna do for uh, listener feedback here is I have one piece of listener feedback. Uh, good old Jimmy Fett, uh, oh, Jim yeah. Parton, sent us a an adversary. So we're gonna share him later when we're talking about our adversaries. Um, so we'll skip the listener feedback right now as far as uh, what we've got. Yeah. So come on now, you five or three people out there we wanted those two emails each from you oh yeah i sent out a challenge last time two emails each from our tens of listeners that's right and i got absolutely one (laughs) so (laughs) no pressure um so i've tentatively named i think this is probably a good name for this uh this is episode 12 lions tigers and cyborg bears on crack oh my (laughs) Yeah, I might have to change my um, the thing I'm gonna make to a cyborg bear. Maybe <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we may have to stat that sucker out. Yeah, or maybe the undead shark and bear, like you suggested earlier. <laughs> undead shark and bear. Absolutely. But uh, so, hey, we're, this is a show about adversaries. You wanna you wanna head over into the book of Genesis? Oh yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. All right, everybody, open up your books of Genesis to page 131, or your PDF, as we found out, PDF page 132. 
<laughs> Last night. It doesn't count the cover. It doesn't count the cover, apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to be talking about adversaries tonight. Um, and we basically have three adversary profiles. Um, though we could talk about the adversary talent first. Um, sure. As we, we, if we follow the show notes, of course. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, what is this? Who does ad- that? Who does that? <laughs> Whatever. So our so our three um, three types of adversaries are going to be minions, rivals, and nemeses. Um, mm-hmm. So, what's um, what's a minion there? Who do we want to get? Matt? What's a minion? Man? Uh, minions are the most common enemies that you're going to face. So, mm-hmm. there's the, the stormtroopers. Um, uh, the slavers, back alley thugs. That's right. Your mooks. Your groups yeah. of groups of mob. Your mobs. Yeah, as I've I've one friend likes calling them bolos. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> your little your little kobolds that will suddenly more will pop up if you roll despairs. <laughs> pop right? out of the woodwork. Pop out of the woodwork. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, so yeah, yeah, minions have some special rules that apply to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think we should go over those. Um, you know first what? one. You know what I do like? Before we get into the rules, I like, and I just, you know, just reading this the other day, actually, a little while ago, again, um, this whole, how dangerous are they section. Oh, yeah. The minions, the rivals, and the nemeses kind of codifies a little bit what's a little serious when you when what what would if you tweak some of these numbers, you know, things could get very challenging if you do that. And they kind of lay that in here, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So okay, I can go over that. Uh, so a single min- minion should is negligible. It's a threat, not really a threat to a to a single PC, unless the PC is significantly impaired, heavily wounded, or otherwise weakened. Like Kevin However, was last night. Our yes, gnome. poor poor little Kevin, <laughs> our gnome primalist, with his walloping seven wounds. Yep. Um, however, a group of two or three minions should be a reasonable threat for a single starting character. A group of three or four, because they start to get pretty exponential, is a reasonable threat for a PC with at least 100 XP. Um, and then you can extrapolate that out. Two or three groups... Mm-hmm. Um, of two or three minions should be a reasonable threat for starting party. Two groups of three to four minions should be a reasonable threat for a party of PCs around 100 XP. However, make sure you review your minion profiles. It says here, minions with soak values of five or higher, wound thresholds of seven or higher, or weapons that deal nine or more damage will considerably increase the threat level yep so yeah, absolutely i mean because if, if you have a minion group that has like a soak of five and they have a wound threshold of eight right and if you throw five minions in that group that's 40 that's 40 wounds that's that 40 has. wounds 40 wounds with a soak of five and they soak the average damage that a weapon does because the average damage for most weapons yeah. is five five to seven Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the, the, so these numbers, these are numbers you kind of want to think about, and, you know. Mm-hmm. Unless you want to really teach your players a lesson and make them run. <laughs> yes. 
Which is always a good Run thing. away. Yeah, it's got a soak of 10. No! <laughs> a minion group with a soak of 10. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so into these minion rules here. So, what do we have for this first one here, Matt? What do we, what do we say? <clears throat> uh, unless otherwise specified, minions do not suffer strain. Uh, anything that normally inflicts, inflicts strain or inflicts wounds on a strain. Anything that normally inflicts strain inflicts wounds on a minion instead. Gotcha. Uh, yep. Yeah, the next thing there, they they cannot voluntarily suffer strain, which is interesting because they can't take a second maneuver. Because when you take a second maneuver, you take two strains. So minions, mm-hmm. they can't take that second maneuver. Or activate they... any talents that cause strain. Like something like parry. You wouldn't have minions they can't... to parry. They can't on their own, but I have found ways to do it. One way to do that, if you really want to have a group of minions that you can move around the battlefield like mm-hmm. that, have an NPC, uh, a rival or a nemesis with them that has the ability to command them and uh, with leadership skills can give them an additional action. Ah, there you go. L- additional good. maneuver. So just as a little GM pro tip there. But that uses his action, though, doesn't it? It, it, it does use his action, so... You know, usually I prefer it to be a rival that can do that. Just command the minions, and then you have your nemesis doing badass nemesis things. Um, okay, so the next thing, Chris, what's that? Well, they don't have skills. Minions don't have skills, but what they do have are skill groups, if you will. So they will list in the in the th- in the um, what do you call it in a profile stat block in the stat block. Yeah. Um, skills but they will say as a group only so minion mm-hmm. if there's a if there's a skill listed there for minion it has to have at least two or more in the group to use that skill to get like the ranks and such so because they fight as a group oh which is the next yep. one <laughs> yeah they uh yeah and they fight as a group so mm-hmm. they move maneuver and fight as a group now Again, we use narrative dice. We do this narratively. You don't move the little chess pieces around the board and say, oh, I've moved my ch- uh, this minion five squares. No, you move your minion group. You can use one miniature to represent a minion group. I do it all the time uh, if you're using minis. Uh, just move that one minion group, uh, one range increment, and they've moved. You don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to use multiple miniatures to represent a minion group, then just kind of slide them all forward uh, a little bit. It doesn't have to be 100% down to the square accurate because we don't use squares in this game. That's a D-Shift-7-D habit. <laughs> in Savage Worlds. Well, they, uh, actually, that actually, that's actually a little more, more um, what do you call it, abstract too sometimes, right? Yeah, inches. Yeah. Yep. Yippers. Okay, next? so, and then uh, next... Uh, minion groups have a single wound threshold. So if a single minion has five wounds and you have three minions in a group, then you have 15 wounds for the, the whole group. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, what's, what, one thing that's important to, to know, when your players are attacking minion groups, they'll have a soak that's only applied once. So say to that say to that um that group that minion group that Matt you just described, if I do say, you know, 
nine damage to the minion group and they have a soak of three, that's going to do what? That's going to do six damage. So then what you would do is you would take um, five damage off or you take the six damage off and, and remove one minion because one minion has five wounds and then another one would be hurt, you know, with one, one wound there. Gotcha. So. Okay. Um, so, again, like when they... I don't know why it lists it twice, but minions attack as a group, mm-hmm. and they attack as a whole, not as an individual. I don't know why that is, that that's uh, listed twice, because we already covered that. That's true. But, um, <laughs> so, yeah, you're only going to uh, make... So, if you have, like, f- four minions in a group, only roll once, DMs, GMs, <laughs> for the group. You're just going to make the one attack as a group. But narratively, say, you know, shots are being fired, you know, from, say, stormtroopers that always miss. Yep. Right. Remember, it's not you're not rolling for one attack. You're rolling for a volley of attacks. Yeah, that's a good way of thinking about. It. Yep. Okay. So and then, um, so I mean, again, it talks about skills. Also, again, we don't need to worry about that. We've already covered that. Well, but well, what about well to, well to build a skill pool for minions? Though. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Go yeah. ahead. So so say we do have that. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll do stormtroopers because you know Star Wars is cool. And you know, <laughs> stormtroopers are cool. No, let's yeah. call them red shirts. Oh wait, oh, no, no, go ahead. <laughs> oh, watch it. <laughs> so, so say you have that group that has like you know, ranged heavy, right? Because they got their blaster rifles, and, and it's got, listed in their stat blocker minion profile. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And they have, um, and then there's say there's say there's three of them in the group, and they have an agility of two. Mm-hmm. So what you would do is you would you would get your two ability die out for your for your agility your two ability out for your agility, um, mm-hmm. and then for every minion after the first, so that second minion will upgrade that skill check once. That third minion will upgrade it a second time. So instead of having gotcha. a three green pool, you'll have a or sorry a two green pool. You'll have a two yellow pool for the gotcha. three minions, and then once one of those stormtroopers get shot and taken out like we did, like I was just describing. Now there's only two in that minion group, so then when they attack again, it's going to be a, like a yellow and a green. So their, so their power, as you start whittling down these minion groups, taking out the minions, then the power of them will kind of go down too. So That's nice. kind of slick. That's pretty slick. Okay. And then the last mention here under minions is that uh, critical injuries kill minions. Now, Minions, when they suffer a critical, if you decide to activate one with your weapon, it just automatically incapacitates another minion. So it doesn't necessarily kill them. If you would rather it, uh, you rather keep it PG-13 at your table, and you want them to just be incapacitated, mm-hmm. you can do that. Last um, night, if you have a bunch of drunken bar fools coming out the into the alley, <laughs> tackling mm-hmm. you, and you don't want to actually kill them, you want to incapacitate them, that's another way to do that's another thing too yep and that was uh in our uh Terranoth game that chris is talking about that we played last night with uh my uh grognard group and uh, uh i have also a couple of the nerds yep. from nerds international chris included yeah, pretty fun. all right so that pretty much covers minions do we need to say anything more about minions minions are fun minions are cool and i'm going to make one later yes yes you are <laughs> What do we got next, man? Um, 
rivals. So, I, I, I think we should start off with um, how, how dangerous are they? What do you think, Matt? Sure. You want me to read that? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, man. Uh, how dangerous are they? A single rival should be reasonably dangerous for a single PC. So your party should find an equal number of rivals to be a reasonably dangerous threat. Uh, more rivals should jef- generally equate to more danger, and if your group outnumbers the number of rivals they face, the threat should be more, more manageable. Yeah. Even more than with minions, the threat of a rival can vary greatly depending on their stats. Rivals with soak values of 5 or higher, wound thresholds of 14 or higher, three or more ranks in combat or social skills, depending on the type of the encounter, or weapons that do 9 or more damage increase the threat level from a reasonably to a very challenging. In cases like these, a rival may provide... In cases like these, a rival may prove a reasonable threat to two of your PCs. Yeah. That's a lot. So I'll use I'll use an example. Last night, my river crocs that I made for uh, Terranoth, I made three really large river crocs. They were rivals, but they had a lot of wounds. Yeah, they did. And so a party of six spent what four or five rounds plugging away at them, trying to get them off the barge. Yeah, four rounds at least. (laughs) Yeah. It took a while. So, yeah, um, it, especially the wounds and the soak. If you crank those up, your rivals will be a much higher challenge. Yeah, it was a tough challenge. And we are, I think, as of last night afterwards, we were up over 100 earned XP. So there were six of us sitting at about 70, 80 earned XP. So we weren't anything to, you know, scoff at. And, man, these three crocs munched on us. One of the guys that we started changing our names to, like, what is it, Dalmar the, or Dunmar the, the Delicious? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everybody kept changing their character names. It was pretty funny. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. <laughs> but you know what? Vorn, he's got some sweet-ass boots. Sorry, yeah, sweet-ass croc Crocs, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Heavy Crocs. Yeah, we have a... We have a, a, a party. Uh, we used the crafting rules for the first time in Terranoth uh, as our party crafter decided to spend some time creating uh, items for everyone out of the crocodile body parts. So it's that pretty cool. cool. That was pretty sweet. So we don't have as many rival rules. I know. It's great. They're, it they're kind of just there. Yeah. And, you know, so like... Um, so like PCs, like nemeses, rivals suffer critical injuries normally. A critical injury will not take out a rival automatically. Um, but if they do exceed their wound threshold, you know, they could be killed outright or incapacitated again. How you, um, how you see fit there, so. Okay. Yeah, so that's pretty good there. And then rivals cannot suffer strain, like minions. However, unlike minions, they can voluntarily inflict wounds upon themselves to activate uh, uh, abilities, uh, regular effects like taking a second maneuver. They can inflict wounds upon themselves to do that. However, they cannot do so if it would make them incapacitated. That's right. And that's pretty much rivals. They're real easy. Yeah, yeah, and and they're you know they're basically going to be your named bad guys. 
they're not necessarily going to be your big bad evil guys, but they're your they're your named you know lieutenants. You know, yeah, it's like or, it's like Bebop and Rocksteady. <laughs> there you go. The way I equate it, if you look at the credits at the end of a film, you've got your minions are all the extras. The 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 rivals are the guys who are secondary characters. They don't necessarily appear appear in those top five ten characters in the movie, but they do appear as uh, guys below that, like Man on Corner or uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thugs with Bricks. You know those guys. They they appear like that in, or they do have a name uh, if you can name them. Especially if you're in a Marvel movie, every NPC has a name. I swear. Um, <laughs> But nice. yeah, that's uh, that's the way I equate it. Uh, they're the guys that are in the credits, but nobody cares about. <laughs> there we go. All right. Okay. So last, so Matt, what do we have last? Uh, Nemesis. You want me to read that too? Jeez, that's a lot of reading. You have to read it. Nemesis. You have... They're basically PCs, right? Yep. Yep. They were. They're pretty much going to have all the same abilities. Uh, rules and applications that a character would have, so they're real easy. Mm-hmm. Well, but they can also have adversary talent. Yes, I like. I, how, I, I, yeah, we we did skip that, didn't we? <laughs> mm, it's all right. It's a good time to bring it in. Uh, yeah, let's bring it in, bud. So, what? Hey, why don't you read? So, what does the adversary talent do for us there, then, then Matt? <laughs> you can just put. I know I, what it I, does. I, I, I don't know what it does, but I don't know the definition of it. I mean, it basically I, I, just upgrades the, the difficulty of the uh, PC's attacks. Yep, absolutely. And that's really it, and it's, and it's ranked. Um, you don't have to worry about being worrying about it being a Tier 1 or a Tier 2 talent or anything like that. Just Adversary 2 or Adversary 3, like last night, <laughs> your mm-hmm. nemesis was Adversary 3. So we're up, upgrading our, our, our attacks... Three times mm-hmm. last night. And because, so last night, I think we had one where we were actually upgrading the check. It was a short-range ranged attack. One purple, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I think we ended up upgrading it like five times. Five times. <laughs> it was automatically upgraded because the person was firing into a melee. Yep. And then it, she had adversary three. Um, mm-hmm. So that was four times, and then the uh, a GM, I don't know who that guy is, uh, spent a uh, a story point to upgrade it a fifth time. Um, so yeah, no adversary basically. Okay, so reason why they created the adversary talent says here on the uh, little sidebar on page one thirty one. The reason why they created it is because when when we'll talk about this when we get into creating the adversary profiles, um, it, it, it's to replace all those chunky defensive talents you don't want to remember what defensive talents your npcs have as a gm forget it don't bother with dodge don't bother with sidestep you don't need to give them those just give them adversary adversary is as long as you remember to use it leave yourself a post-it note on your computer stick it to your forehead have somebody across the room punch you every time you forget it whatever you need um (laughs) it's it's a passive talent, and and it and it just replaces all those defensive talents that uh, that players could take. Yep. Yeah, it's a good. A it's good ranked. Mm-hmm. So, how do you balance that when you're creating a uh, an adversary? How do you balance that the number, say two, three, four, 
I, I think s- that might be in in the uh, creation rules. It talks mm-hmm. about that, I think. But I go would ahead. Say, I would say um, your rivals. Your rival should probably be an adversary one, maybe adversary two. I would no, say. I would never give a rival adversary two unless mm-hmm. my players were sitting at a lot of earned XP, two fifty plus. Okay. I, I must always only ever give rivals adversary one. Okay. And that's the suggestion I think in their in their rules here. Cool. Uh, cool. And then I would say your nemeses, anywhere from like adversary two, one, two, three, or four. I guess it'd probably depend on how many how many PCs are in the group, their experience point level, Ad- right? And and what adversary the- four should be like an epic monster. Like I mean, a Darth Vader. <laughs> or a, yeah, a, I think actually Darth Vader, uh, his stats. I think he's almost like adversary six. I'm not 100 percent sure, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and I honestly, I mean, anything above four. I mean, think of it. Your average um, melee attack mm-hmm. is two purple difficulty as an average attack. If you're upgrading that four times, mm-hmm. you are three red dice before any story points are spent. Um, and then with Adversary 6, you're at four red dice before adver- any story points are spent. So, I mean, think about that before you give an advers- adversary <laughs> talent above three to anything. Uh, three is usually where I stop unless it's like a campaign boss. Yeah, and she was pretty nasty last yeah. night. Yeah, that was, pretty, that was a pretty nasty fight. Well, and not just because... Uh, because they had superior position, and that, this I made a. This was a very challenging encounter for for six PCs, but it was the adventure. It was the boss fight for the event for for this kind of section of the adventure. Um, and, and in that group, in that I had a adversary three nemesis, yep. a adversary one rival, and two minion groups of four. Three, uh, three, behind, two behind us, yep. Two minion groups of three and a th- third minion group of four. Yep. And uh, they had superior position. They had the, the the players completely surrounded to start, and and uh, two of the minion groups had the high ground uh, for um, ranged attacks. Um, this was basically set up in an alley. Uh, so I mean, and it was a challenging encounter for six players. Very challenging. We had two players on the brink. Mm-hmm. At the entire game, uh, or at the entire through the entire encounter, they were up, down, up, down, yeah. <laughs> on <good>. fire, <laughs> stop, drop, and roll, covered in blood, um, all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. Yippers. So, oh. um, yeah. So that pretty much covers, you know, the adversary. Now it tells you on page one thirty four how to read an adversary profile. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do we do we want to go over all that? Um, but we don't necessarily have to, other than the fact that, you know, when you are creating your own and you're putting it in your own setting that you may want to share with people or whatever, um, they will typically have, like, the name of the name of the adversary and the type, whether it's a minion, rival, or nemesis. Um, they'll have a description, which, you know, reading the description can kind of pull out some ideas of where you might want to throw these, throw these um, adversaries. And then, of course, you have your characteristics. All of them will have a soak, defense, and um, 
the wound thresholds, maybe as strain thresholds too, um, if you have a uh, if you have a nemesis. Um, and then of course you'll have like the skills listed, and for and for um, minions they will call out group only on them, which is which is good. And then um, you have an area there for your talents and abilities. And then in the equipment section is typically where you have, you know, you know your weapons and other things. And you don't have to list everything. You know, you don't necessarily have to list backpacks. You may want to list credits, you know, or whatever they might be, you know, silver pieces or whatever. Um, and I know in some of them, in some of the profiles, especially in, um, in Tirnoth, underneath there, they also list down, you know, like spells. Which I really like, where they kind of lay out, hey, here's a typical spell for a necromancer, and they may give it a nice name, like, you know, Death Touch or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right, but don't let that limit your imagination either, because they can no. do any kind of spells. It's just they're specifying mm -hmm. special ones for them. Yep. Yeah. It's just to give you a quick quick rules for a spell if you don't want to look up the spells and build your own, um, or if you, you know you uh want to have like a go-to attack for your for your villain you know everybody likes to fall back on the magic spear or the magic missile um <laughs> yep so yeah and um i'm gonna throw out a little gm pro tip here um sure when it comes to equipment don't give your npcs equipment you don't want your murder hobos to get <laughs> well no thermal detonators mm. Yeah. Almost convinced. Almost convinced Tony to go a little Gonzo last night, though. Nah. Yeah, give him blaster pistols. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> I had. I had. So in the <laughs> Fantasy Grounds adaptation for Terror or for uh, for Genesis, that still has all of the NPCs in there as Star Wars NPCs. I have to reskin them all, and I completely <laughs> forgot to reskin the weapons for my uh, encounter. So I had to take a few moments downtime to reskin their weapons because they all had blaster pistols. <laughs> Chris is like, ah, just let them have them. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are not getting blaster pistols. I swear we're not going to loot them. We wouldn't loot them. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Dude, you could go yeah. old school. You could go old school gonzo on us, man. And tear mm. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Let's destroy the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, um, a, that's a good tip. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that, uh, I mean, that pretty much covers it. There's the golden rule, obviously, air on the side of caution. <laughs> when Screw you're that. counters and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 read, I read that earlier. I'm with you, Matt. I'm like, whatever. Just make what you want. Here's the thing. And this is why I say never bother with that. You as the GM control the lethality of the attacks of your mm -hmm. NPCs. Your NPCs do not have to spend their advantage on crits and crits that can kill your NPCs can just knock your players down to zero wounds, put them in prison smocks and throw them in a jail cell. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> you don't have to worry about, I mean, you don't ever have to kill. You don't ever in this game have to kill your players. It's fun. Well, you wouldn't. Well, first off, <laughs> Um, here on the, on the Find a Narrative podcast, we, we don't recommend killing your players. Oh, uh, well, killing you know, player characters. characters. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I meant PCs. I did, it. really. I meant it. You meant PCs. <laughs> I know Damn. you were wanting to strangle us last night a little bit, Tony. I understand. <laughs> well, 
you, you so, are. Sometimes they just need to learn to run away too. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. A good way to teach a group of murder hobos how to how, how to run away is to smack them in the face three or four times and leave them in prison smocks. There you go. <laughs> or no. send an ATAT to take them out. Mm. <laughs> Maybe. Pink mist. <laughs> send an ATAT, then a Tie Fighter, then an AT AT until they get the picture. <laughs> <laughs> no, we haven't got the picture yet. Don't worry. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure those guys are hard headed. They're not going to learn. <laughs> no, not at all. All right. So did we, well. So do you have you do have another another rule here for Nemesis, which mm. you actually used last night, which I thought was pretty damn cool. No, you didn't mm. use it. Did you use it last no. night? No, you didn't. No, I used it in our last Star Wars session. That's true. Oh, you're talking about the one on 204, right? Yeah, yes. 204. So this is an alternative rule for Nemesis. Uh, it's listed in the alternative rules section, mm-hmm. and it, it does appear on page 204, mm-hmm. and it's called the Nemesis Extra Activation Rules. And all it is is that, okay, so if you have your Nemesis, is particularly if your Nemesis is the only person that your uh, players are facing, the only adversary, you can use this rule to give them an additional action slot. Mm -hmm. So they'll never get more than two maneuvers in a turn. Uh, That rule still stands hard, but they can act on their normal initiative, maneuver, or not maneuver, and then they get to act again at the end of combat you just tack on an extra uh, action sl- uh, NPC slot at the very end of combat for them to take a second action and or their second maneuver. And voila, you have now a very formidable NPC just by giving them extra actions. You can't, um, they can't take um, to an extra maneuver? They can't go over two for the round? They, they cannot go over two for the round. Not that I'm... Not that I have because it does say maybe here, it, it, it does take maybe two, it did change from Star Wars to this maybe it, it did might the thing that it says your nemesis may take two turns during a single round any abilities that last until the end of their following turn last until the end of their first turn on the subsequent round okay so you basically roll twice um, recording both results and then that those are their initiative slots but I think the way you did it. You rolled an initiative slot, and then you just had them go at the end of the round for the second one. Yep. I, I, I think it's I think it's what and what. I think it doesn't really matter um, what you do. Either way, you can do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. always just added it to the second to the end of the round because you know you want to basically Spread if you if you have I guarantee this if you have a if you're good at building your. Um, your NPCs, they're either going to have cooler vigilance, they're going to have a decent initiative, and so they're going to be near the top for your nemesis. They're always going to they're they're going to be either first mm-hmm. first through third to act in a going in a given round, and then you just tack their their second action onto the end, mm-hmm. and you're good to go. Um, right. Yeah, that simplifies the initiative process too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it doesn't ever it doesn't say here that it can break. The, the hard no more than two maneuvers in a, in a turn rule, it doesn't say so specifically that it can. So therefore, I just default to the rule that you can't. Oh, gotcha. uh, I, I would treat it as two separate turns. So if you can do it on one turn, you can do it. That's the way I would treat it. And that's yeah. 
basically up to the GM. Mm-hmm. Um, if you find that uh, you're doing this and your players are still getting a getting their way over your adversary, your nemesis, and not really breaking a sweat doing it, then yeah, let them take multiple maneuvers. There's mm-hmm. nothing like that uh, that uh, nemesis sniper sitting off in the distance with two two maneuvers to aim every action he gets, and he gets to shoot at you twice around. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Ooh, you just gave me a nice idea. <laughs> way to go, Tony. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Minion group distraction. Nemesis adversary out there hiding, sniping. Oh, Just saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Matt, I do believe we might be seeing that in Star Wars at some point. <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> All right, so that pretty much covers NPCs uh, on how they're um, put together. and But there's some, some hard rules um, that they give us for creating our adversaries or NPCs. Um, page 202 through page 203, it talks about all the things we kind of talked about a little bit in, in, in reading their profiles and whatnot. But there's a couple other little things here. Do you want to go over them now or do you want to hit them in setting the tone? Um, I'd say, let's. you know what, since we're going to be creating, we're each going to create um, adversaries Let's go through this um, in setting the tone. All right. All right. Okay, welcome to Setting the Tone. This is where we, our, your GMs and guests, uh, design things for settings that we work on. Now, I have been working on... Um, well, first, Middle Earth. Before you go a little further, Matt, are you a GM or a DM? I'm a GM. Fuck Girl. yeah! Get Up yours, man. Chris. No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is not D and D, okay? No, it's not. You're right. <laughs> okay, sorry, I mean, Tony. <laughs> no, it's all right. You could be a douche master. I don't know. So. <laughs> oh my gosh! You guys are all right, man. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I've you been working on. Yeah, my Middle Earth conversion. Now there's other Middle Earth conversions out there, as I've said, but mine is strictly converting the stuff from Cubicle Seven over to um, Genesis. Um, so uh, I'm going to do a minion. Mm-hmm. And then, Chris, what's that setting you did? Uh, Primeval Thule. It is oh, the yeah. it is a Cthulhu esque Conan y primeval awesomeness of a setting, and I'm going to be creating a brute basic arrival from that setting. An undead shark and bear. You know, it might be. <laughs> <laughs> We might be we might go a little gonzo in the primeval thule setting and do that cyborg bear. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe a it could oh, be magical cybernetics. No. A cyborg saber tooth tiger. Oh my dear. No, please. <laughs> With okay. okay. All right, Matt, how about you? Right. <laughs> um well I this isn't one that I'm working on. Uh, this is actually one that I just I was reading some other stuff and I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna do this. So I'm going to make Mumra. Oh, 
<laughs> Sweet. <laughs> From Thundercats. Awesome. Sweet, dude. All right. And then we also have our bonus uh, adversary that's going to be a nemesis. And that was sent to us by Jimmy Fett. Awesome. And I fought against this thing during NivCon 1. In his yes, in his real American heroes setting, yep. and I gotta say, it's freaking evil. Nice. Um, and uh, Chris, you if Jim said it's fine, if you wanna, I don't know if you can put a copy up uh, somewhere for people to see on um, uh, the social medias. I can put it up on our Facebook page if you want. Um, yeah, that'll work. But. Uh, it, it's pretty cool. He's even got an awesome picture that goes with it. So, nice. all right. So let's get into this. Sure. So, so we were going to go um, with those um, creating an adversary kind of the steps you might go through. Yeah. So, step one. What is it, Matt? Step one. Develop the concept. What are you trying to make? Yeah, and I think we have them. I think we've all pretty yeah. much have our concepts. This usually isn't a brain fart for most people. You have an idea of what you want to throw at your players. Right. Um, how do you guys? How do you guys get inspiration for these for adver- for your adversaries? I like I see I see pictures. I, I go I go maybe I, I cruise around Pinterest and see. I think I have a BBEG's <laughs> board that I just see a picture. I'm like, oh, he's gonna be fighting somebody someday. <laughs> how about you guys? Yeah, same here. Pinterest, and uh, I'll even I have numerous um, monster manuals that I'll just peruse every once in a while. Oh, cool. Yep. Any any good piece of art, uh, I I I use Pinterest and Tumblr uh, for the for art pages, and I have hundreds of pictures saved that I love to stat out. Also, another thing I like to do is take like familiar. Um, uh, uh, familiar tropes and kind of turn them on their head. So if you see something in a movie and like a prime example, okay, you, you see um, you're watching a Kung Fu movie and you see uh, these bad guys that are uh, attacking the, the main Kung Fu hero. Um, I sometimes imagine them when I'm watching the movies for the 30th time, I imagine them as, bugbears or uh, uh, oh what if that was a what if that was instead of being uh, a chain wielding ninja instead it's a you know chain wielding shadow creature in some sort of fantasy setting or something like that I, I, I use those kinds of inspirations too well that's cool that's cool yeah. Nice. nice yeah so all of you artists out there continue to draw art Yes, you are wonderful because people that do things that those of us around the world can't. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, keep drawing uh, caricatures of uh, of Nosferatoni because that's pretty damn funny. <laughs> that was a good one. That was definitely a good one. I'm speaking of Mr. Stefan Dragonspawn there. He does caricatures of all of us in the Nerds International community. And those of you who've been following us on the social media would see those as our profile pics now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, he also, did, he also did your logo for your blog there, dude. Yeah, he did. And that's pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know you took, you took right. a poll of like what you wanted, you know, like the color of his cloak to be. That was, mm-hmm. like, that was awesome. <laughs> that was good stuff. Anyways. All right, so, so uh, step two. Yeah. What do you do, Chris? 
Well, you want to choose the type of adversary you're going to create, and we just went over those. Is this is this adversary going to be a minion? Are they going to be a rival? Or are mm-hmm. they going to be a nemesis? Is it going to be your BBEG at the end of the adventure? Or completely right in the beginning of it? <laughs> However, wherever you want to put it. Reoccurring NPC that shows up right at the beginning. Yeah, that's another one. It's <laughs> <laughs> another fun one, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Come in, beat their asses with them right away, and then send him walking away, and then they really want to come after him. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And, and of course, that's kind of your, your, your levels of, like, interest. Um, I don't know, the motivations that they may have. Um, think of those kinds of things, too, while you're thinking of it. Um, you know, your minions are kind of your mooks, you know, or whatever. They're just your... Um, you know, the fodder that you kind of throw in front, and then your rivals are the, like we said, you know, your named lieutenants, if you will, the secondary characters in your story, if they were in the credits. And then your nemesis would be that one that has the strong motivations. There's the one that's destroying the world or <laughs> taking over the area of your world or something. Yeah. So, and what? What do we have next? Um, well, then we get into building the profile and yeah. the rules for such are pretty, pretty well laid out, um, as suggestions. So I think let's just use examples with our, our, uh, our adversaries that we're creating. So good to me. who wants to start? Well, I think we're, you know, I'll tell you where I would start with this guy. So I have a, excuse me. I described it as a Cthulhu-esque brute. Mm-hmm. What does that say to you guys? For me, he's going to be strong. Brute, right? He's going to brute. He's going to be a big brute dude. Maybe slam. Pretty high people. soak. Lots of wounds. Yeah. But he's going to be smart. fearful. Pretty fearful. That is true. Maybe mm-hmm. not too cunning. You right. know what I mean? So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking... Not a lot of active talents. Probably not a whole lot of active talents, no. Um, definitely want him to be fearful, so that so he'll probably have a special ability of causing fear. Maybe not be too agile. So I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking maybe a brawn of four, because I'm thinking of, like, you know, a brawn of four would be like a big bear or a big, I don't know, I don't know, just a big brute. <laughs> but his agility, I'm thinking maybe two. You know, it's kind of average, right? He's not going to be really stumbling around. Intelligence. Definitely want that to be a one. If you want him to be yeah. brutish, you want to keep that nice and low. Mm-hmm. What's next? We have cunning. Um, yeah. I said probably not too cunning. Um, so probably a two. Average. Okay. Um, willpower. What would we? What What would be willpower? Like their their discipline, those kinds of things, easily mind controlled or something too, right? I'm thinking yeah. that might be pretty low too. Um, sure. Meaning you might be able to. So I'm thinking maybe a will of just two. It's not going to be anything that's putting out there, mm-hmm. but maybe a presence of maybe three. Right, because presence fuels all your social skills, including the negative ones, like, um, you know, well, not necessarily negative. Coercion is more of a willpower um, mm-hmm. um, but uh, is, is you still you want it, uh, a fearful monster that has a bit of presence to it so yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so as far as my characteristics, that's kind of what I'm that's kind of what I'm thinking and everybody out there, it's you know, twos are basically your average. Think of like your average human. You mm-hmm. know, those kinds of things. So going up and down from there, and because he's a rival, you know, one score in a four and maybe one or two with a three would be reasonable. You probably don't want to go any more any higher than that for a rival. That you would see those same stats on a beginning character. Absolutely. There you go. That's a good that's a good that's a good thing there. So there's so I've got my characteristics done. Who wants to go next for their characteristics? Oh, I'll do my minions. Though I guess we I guess I could have named this guy. Oh, you first. you figure that out. Yeah, you I'm figure gonna, that out. I'm gonna, you I'm you gonna, figure that out. Right now I'm gonna get into my minions. So um in in the in the cubicle seven stuff and in in the in the lore of uh, and, and that's why I really like the uh, the cubicle seven stuff because there there's this really really uh, rich lore in this setting in the lore of uh, 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 Middle Earth vampires were just bats um, and they were intelligent some of them some of them were just mindless bats um vampires were a bat-like creature and they just called them vampires now then they have another one that's bigger badder and it's called a secret shadow uh but i'm going to stick to the vampires uh also known as uh, a great bat um these are unusually uh large bats with a taste for blood so uh, as a minion group um they're bats they're really light they don't need to have a lot of strength so one brawn is just fine um, but they're a flying creature, so keeping them quite agile, I put an agility at three. Um, being an animal, they have an intelligence of one. And, however, they have very keen senses. And a lot of your sense-based uh, stats are based, or skills are based on, uh, like perception, are based on uh, cunning. Okay. So I'm going to give yeah. cunning of two. And then I put them down as a willpower of two also because, uh, again, vigilance is kind of fueled by willpower. And and then last but not least, a presence of one. So they end up with three ones in stats, a two and a three. Uh, and that's, that's pretty high for a minion group, but, I mean, not not super high. That's, that's pretty average. Okay. Sounds so, good to me. Yeah. All right. What about you, Matt? Okay, so Mumra, the ever-living, he's a demon priest. Um, So he's basically a decayed mummy um, who gets his power from the four statues inside of his his pyramid temple. Um, He can summon the power to transform himself into a new powerful, like a more powerful warrior. I mean, you know, of course... He, he, so I have to say he's got a spell ability called Augment, which allows him to transform into that other uh, more powerful being. Gotcha. But when, but when you do, you have to, you have to say, ancient spirits of evil, transform <laughs> this decayed form to Mumra, the ever-living. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's 50 pieces of awesome. <laughs> um, so... You know, as as his original form, um, the mommy, he's pretty weak, so I gave him a brawn of one. Uh, he's, I, I was really, the agility, I gave him a two. I, I really didn't want to give him another one because he is a nemesis. 
but as a mummy, he is kind of not very agile, so I wasn't sure on that one. Two seems good. Yeah. Uh, and and intellect, he's I gave him a four because he's uh, basically a, a wizard, so it's uh, pretty important. Uh, cunning of three, he's a pretty smart guy who's always trying to outdo the Thundercats. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, willpower of three. And I gave him a presence of three, and I was thinking that might even be a four. I'm not sure on that one either. I think you could probably pump that up to four. You want threes pretty much across the board for a nemesis with one low dump stat is usually your your kind of go-to. Right. But with, the, with his augment ability, I was going to use that to boost up his brawn to a five. So that's pretty powerful. Oh, yeah. There you go. That works. Now I'm looking at the one that uh, Jim sent us here. Oh yeah. His nemesis. So yeah. should I reveal what it is now? <laughs> um You know what? Can you reveal the can you reveal the uh characteristics with maybe not revealing I, what exactly it is? I sure can. So <laughs> this nemesis here has a brawn of 5. Oh. It's, it's big and strong. Yeah. Um, an agility of four because it is uh, it, it would normally I would say be a three but this one is cybernetically enhanced awesome it is intellect one it's got an animal intelligence okay hmm. all, right. all right but it's got a it's got a cunning of three in that is a keen hunter okay average willpower at two mm-hmm but a presence because, again, it's got a fear ability. Presence of four. Because I guarantee you are pooping your drawers the minute you see this thing. I have a, <laughs> I have a guess, but... <laughs> yeah, I think I know what it is, too. All right. All right. Mm. So, uh, okay, mm-hmm. so after you've got your stat, or your, uh, your um, abilities... Mm-hmm. Um, What's next? Characteristics, then? We do our thresholds, our wound and strain thresholds, <laughs> and then our okay. soak and defense values. Now, okay. um, remember, we're not necessarily, we're not going to be listing out, oh, it's got, it's got three grit talents, it's got two toughened talents. No, no, no. You're just going to throw some numbers down here. We're not going to list mm-hmm. those talents in that area. Um, these are just going to be some numbers that what you think. So... For my Chagoth. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, we know that Soak is based on Brawn, so my Brawn is a four, so it's going to be at least a four. Now, what kind of hide or what other kind of um, armor or whatever this thing is doing? You know, I, and I, I kind of want it to be able to soak, have a pretty decent soak. I'm going to put it at a soak of six. For this. Okay. Okay. Um, and I, you know, and those crocs that you fought, that we fought last night, having that be, having, having some wounds that are maybe double, or maybe, you know, like maybe in the high teens, low 20s, would make it tough. I don't know. I don't remember how many wounds those, those crocs had. Uh, they had 26. The, uh, normally, now you would want your rivals to have um, uh, wounds in like the mid-teens. Yeah. But in this case, what I have a little rule of thumb that I do, 
Mm-hmm. Anytime you crank up the silhouette of the size of the creature, oh. they, they were I add plus five. So um, that's just a little rule of thumb of mine. Okay. So for you can add plus seven, plus five to seven for each silhouette, depending on how big and nasty you want this thing to be. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, um, I silhouette. One, keep them at around 16 wounds. Silhouette two, that means they're, you know, about twice the size of a man. Right. Uh, that's going to be, you know, another plus five to seven wounds. This guy, this guy might be a silhouette two. He's going to be a good seven feet tall, maybe. Maybe eight okay, feet so, tall, so bigger. So now, it 23 here, wounds. So, Sounds so good. It does say here, unless rivals, rivals should have a wound threshold between 10 and 15, like you'd said, you know, like the mm-hmm. big Unless the rival is a creature or monster, in which case you can go as high as 20 to 25. So, yeah, I kind of like the 23. We'll do yeah. 23 there. And then, like, if you, if, like, for instance, my Crocs last night, they were silhouette three. So that was my rule. I started out at 16 for a monster. Cool. And, and then I added 10 for the two silhouettes. And that's okay. where I came up with the, 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 the wounds for them. Okay. And then I think, um, I think I might. I think I might do. Um, I think I might do a defensive one for this guy. I like throwing. Would like throwing in a uh, a little bit of a defense for this for this thing. The Shagon. Oh yeah. Okay. Melee defense. I don't think there's a reason to give it um, range defense to you. True. So melee defense of one, and then range defense of zero. Perfect. Okay. That works. Okay, so how about for um, your bats? For my vampire bats, so they're pretty agile, but they don't have a lot of wounds. So um, I figure, you know, being as not so brawny, okay, so not so brawny, I gave them just three wounds per bat. Okay. I'm thinking either three or four. I am not 100% sure on that one yet. I'm thinking three because uh, I wanted um, to give them a soak of four. Okay. But and now that I think about it, instead, I'm going to go ahead and give them wounds of four and a soak of three. Now, the reason being is, okay, their base of brawn of one. Okay. okay, so and I'm adding plus two. That's a tough leathery hide. Leather armor is like a plus two. So I'm adding plus two to their soak for their tough leathery hide. Mm-hmm. So that gives them a soak of three and then wounds of four. Okay. Um, Which means- so for each each bat in a swarm, four wounds. And that's and that's a reasonable number to overcome. You'd have to do seven wounds to take out one of these bats. And that's a reasonable one attack, right? Can take out one of them. Which is if that's one attack, one for. bat. Yeah. yeah, and and you, I mean, you throw a swarm of five of these together, and uh, you're looking at uh, twenty wounds with, uh, you know, quite a bit of. That's basically, you got. They're going to have to do thirty-five points of damage to destroy the whole swarm. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that works pretty good. Um, and I don't think they deserve a. Um, as a minion group, they don't get strain. Uh, so, and I don't think they deserve. Uh, uh, a melee defense, um, but a range defense because of their agility seems reasonable. So I'm going to give them a range defense of one. Cool. All right. Rock out. What you got there, Matt? 
Yeah, so this one was a little bit difficult for me because I'm dealing with two different forms of the same person, right? Mm -hmm. So as his mummy form, I, I gave him a soak of two because he only has a brawn of one. Okay. And then when he transforms into the ever-living Mumra, I gave him a soak of six because he has a brawn of five. Cool. Makes and sense. And now that you guys are talking about silhouette size, I, I realize that he's probably going to be seven to eight feet tall, so he's probably going to be silhouette two. So you'd probably give him plus five wounds in his, or plus seven wounds in his second form? Okay. Now, would you would you break out the wounds for each form then? Because I was just going to keep it one total for both. Well, if he's only seven or eight tall, that seven or eight feet tall, that can fit into silhouette one. Though it's, I mean, he's still a man-sized creature. He's just tall, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that could still fit in silhouette one. You don't have to make him silhouette two for that. Okay. So, so then I gave him. Um, let's see, fifteen wounds. Uh, 18 strain and the defense I wasn't sure because uh, I'm thinking def- defense and adversary kind of go hand in hand it's just handled slightly differently mm-hmm. so well, yeah but a, a defensive one for most for most people who are going to be wearing armor a one or two for most NPCs a one particularly one in each isn't bad mm-hmm and it's okay, a nemesis too, right? And I so, think you, I think you kind of shortchanged yourself on the wounds a little bit. You think so? Yeah, fifteen wounds with a soak of six. Um, th- that means that your players, a group of four players, are going to have to do twenty-one points of damage. If they're going to average seven, um, he'll be down in three hits. Seven? So would you would you up what the soak or would you up the wounds? I mean, because if well, because we haven't gotten to the talents yet, but that's going to change things a little bit too, right? Yeah, it will depending on um, depending on your adversary. If you whatever adversary you decide, yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, according to um, according to uh, the book um, for Nemesis, um, wound thresholds between ten and twenty are are fine. Uh, maybe you want to put a, you know, because he's an undead immortal entity, maybe you want to put a little higher soak. Maybe give him a plus two to his soak. I mean, because that means someone who's doing average damage isn't even going to put a scratch on it. Yeah. Right. So, okay, so yeah, I'll, I'll bump up his soak by one. So it's going to be three and seven then. Cool. Cool. And then his wounds, uh, I'm going to change that from 15... Let's go up to 19 for the wounds, and then Strain will go up to, say, 21. Yeah, he's a caster. Being over 20 on Strain would be good. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And then a melee defensive 1, a range defensive 0, because he really doesn't have a... And that sounds pretty tough. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want to hear what Jim's got? Yeah, what what does Jim have for these? Okay, Jim likes over the top. I'll give you that. Uh, His his, his giant monster here. Now, this, mind you, this is in a kind of a real American hero setting is what he calls it. It's G.I. Joe. Um, G.I. Joe meets other 80s movie tropes. Uh, (laughs) That could uh, give you guys a hint. Hint, hint, hint. Yes. Okay, so... This thing has a soak of seven. 
80s or 90s, so, I should say. Yeah, 80s or 90s, and it's not just not just movie trope, movie. Cre- Some of these are from video games and other pop culture references, yep. also. Yep. Um, this thing has a wound threshold of 42. Oh, oh, that, that feels if, like a really big creature, though. If you're gonna silhouette four. <laughs> okay, this thing is the size of a semi truck. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I have a so good idea. Being at forty now, come on. In this in this setting, your characters are going to have heavy weapons with the breach quality, so okay. they're going to be able to get past that seven soak. Okay. And that's one thing you got to take into account when you're dealing with the wound thresholds of your uh, adversaries. You got to take into account the weapons in the hands of your players. If your players are in Star Wars and they all have lightsabers. Things with less than ten mm-hmm. wounds don't exist, okay? Because long. <laughs> uh, <laughs> with breach one, they bypass ten points of soak. Yeah, yeah. So heavy weapons like a rocket launcher or things like that are going to have breach breach one. Yeah. So you got to keep an eye out for that. So that's why I think this thing's got forty-two wounds. This is not something we're running across in a in a fantasy setting for and, sure. And I like the fact that he picked forty-two. Because that's the answer to all questions, right? Yes. I, I think that's why he went there. Um, but anyhow. Which, by uh, the way, that's also... the hex representation of the ampersand. <laughs> Not the ampersand. Sorry, the asterisk. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's why it's the answer to everything. Because you could just asterisk something and put it like mm-hmm. at the end of like Tony's name. Asterisk. And down at the bottom of the page, it's a, it'll say like Nosferatu. <laughs> right? <laughs> Sorry. It's all good. All right, so it's got a strain threshold because it's a it's a nemesis. nemesis yeah. Strain threshold of thirty. Ooh. It's not a caster, so it doesn't need a, a higher than its wound threshold strain, but it's going to be taking a lot of strain mm-hmm. carrying around its heavy gear that it's got on it. Nice. It's got a lot of metal strapped to its body need to try and subdue this thing. Yeah, Take and it, it's got a, and then it's got a ranged and a melee defense of one for its tough hide okay nice that's uh right. nasty mm, yeah that's nasty gonzo jim good job gonzo <laughs> jim that's great <laughs> all right so then we get into the next step next? which is skills skills okay then let me bring up a character sheet here see what kind of skills we got <laughs> All right, so for my Chagoth, for mm-hmm. skills, let's think of, well, I'm thinking we're only going to necessarily need one combat skill, Brawl. Sure. Um, let's go into social skills. Pretty sure there's going to be <laughs> a coercion. I don't think there's really going to be much coercion. Or, sorry, like negotiation going on or leadership. This is a big brute. He will coerce yep. the hell out of people. Even though his willpower I didn't put very high, that's going to be his the social skill that will affect. Let's sure. See. You, you really only need one. Uh, you yeah. only If it's going to have any social interaction, it, it's going to be trying to intimidate. So coercion it, is fine. It might. Yeah, if I, wanted, if I wanted to stand up and go... 
that's probably the skill I would use <laughs> for it, right? Or maybe I would just make it. I like Oogie ability. Boogie better. Oogie Oogie. Maybe it goes Oogie Boogie Boogie. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So as far as um, as far as maybe, I'm thinking. So how does this thing kind of see the world? Um, I don't know. I'm thinking this thing. It 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 is. It could be fairly reactive. So I'll I'll give it a village vigilance, vigilance. Okay. Vigilance. Yeah. If it's if it it depends on how it hunts. If it if, if it hunts mm-hmm. by stalking prey, vigilance. It, or if it hunts by um, just you know uh, right. sheer sheer uh, if it sets up ambushes, mm-hmm. give it cool. You know what? I actually like that. Oh, and by the way, because I'm creating a rival here, I should probably give it ranks. <laughs> um, let's do a brawl of two. Okay. You know, um, a coercion, probably one. And okay. I think I want to go with cool. I think this cool. thing might um, might be sneaky and ambushy. Um, Level-headed in a fight. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So um, probably a two there also. I'll do, I'll do two there. Yep. I mean, it's got a presence. It gave it a presence of three, so that'll be pretty good. Yeah, and as as a rival, you don't want it to have more than three in anything, really. Yeah, and then I think you know because it's going to be kind of an ambushy type of brute, though it's not very agile. Um, maybe because of its natural um, hide, maybe it's like dark skinned or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. To represent that, I'm going to give it a stealth of two, and maybe a special ability if I think about it. Maybe it's a it gets, you know, bonuses to stealth. I don't know. I'm thinking about it. In darkness. Yeah, In darkness, maybe. maybe. Yep. Yeah. So okay. I think that's good. That's four. Four skills. Am I in the realm here of what is required for a rival? Yeah. There... Yeah. For a combat rival, you're looking at four to five skills. Yeah. That works. And now, I... if you're looking at more of a, like a, a more in-depth nemesis, you're obviously going to have a list of, you know, right. more than that. So you could six to six to ten. And again, six to eight. Sorry, yeah, six to yeah. eight skills, but about comparable with a player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, this is a rival, so maybe comparable to a beginning character, which would only have like two ranks in a skill anyway. And if I do They're need gonna... to, what's that? Uh, your characters are going to choose eight skills and have ranks in four of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so with this brawl, you know, being its main attack, right? You know, as a GM, you know, I can spend those story points and. You know, upgrade that skill that one more time. So I think that's good. Okay. So as uh, for the bats, um, they're again, they're just a a monster. Um, They're a throwaway monster. They're not super. uh, uh, They're not gonna. I don't need social interaction with them. Um, they're minions, so minions are going to get two to three skills and, and be done with them. So for my uh, bats here, uh, they're just a like I said, they're kind of a a vigilance predator um, that uh, kind of flies above and looks, and then they're also very perceptive. Some and and they need one combat skill. You don't need to give them combat skills for uh, any attacks that they're not going to be making. So in this case, they're a throwaway minion. Uh, with two to three combats or two to three skills, their group skills are going to be vigilance, perception, and brawl, and that pretty much covers it. Cool. All right. How about Mumra? Mumra, he's going to have Arcana of four. 
because uh, he's lived for an eternity and uh, he knows his shit. Uh, he's got a brawl of three because he, when he's that big dude, he's you know he's going to be pounding some fists. Yep. Uh, he's got cool of two and a discipline of two, and I gave him a knowledge lore of four. That sounds reasonable to me if he's been mm-hmm. around so long. That sounds good. Oof. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he, he's got to know where to get that that sword of plundar. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So how many skills is that total? Is that five or six? Uh, one, two, five. Yeah. So you could get away with probably one or two social skills mm-hmm. on him, like leadership. There you go. Uh, I wouldn't really say he's a leader, though. He's more coercive. I would give him coercion. Cool. Okay. Okay, what about deception? Uh, yeah, that's definitely one of the things that he does. He like When he augments himself, he'll transform into other people and try to trick people. Cool. What did you, what did you have for cunning for him? Uh, cunning was three. Okay, that works. So, yeah, you might want to dabble in those. Um, maybe like a three in uh, deception and maybe a two in coercion or something. Or you, you could go. put twos in both. Mm-hmm. I could see both. Yeah. Yeah, I would say two in both. Yeah. And that puts him at about around seven uh, skills. And some of them are pretty high. And that's really good for a nemesis. Oh, yeah. That's what you would expect. Right. right. Uh, okay, so Jim went the route of one, two, three skills (laughs) for his nemesis. He went the route of three (laughs) skills, but they're all high. Okay, so this creature has a coercion because very large and fear fear, uh, fear inducing has a coercion of three. A brawl of four. (laughs) Ouch. Yeah, couple that with its five brawn, and it's a pretty nasty melee combatant. Mm-hmm. And then a gunnery of two. Wait, gunnery? a gunnery? A gunnery. Oh, boy. Gunnery? Now, gunneries. Now, we haven't you really covered gunnery, gunnery skill. You did say that he's going gonzo on us, so. <laughs> yes. Gunner, gunnery is the skill used when firing vehicle-mounted weapons. <laughs> oh my <laughs> this is yeah. now I, I personally would probably also give this creature a survival of one or two just because it's a predator a hunter I'm good with uh, you know what you're, but, you're but right. you really I mean, if it's only for a one shot which is what he created it for was for a one shot adventure you don't need that because you're going to have him show up yeah. at the speed so, of plot right exactly <laughs> yeah Cool. So, but you know, maybe perception, vigilance, uh, or uh, or even uh, survival could all be piled onto this thing. Maybe one, maybe ones each, two each. You don't have to put them on there pretty thick. I'm thinking you're pretty thick on the skill points that you have spent with brawl and gunnery. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, has anybody guessed what this thing is yet? It, it, I, I'm, I was, I, I think I might have seen it on the. Um, what do you call it? On the forums. Yeah, do you want us to guess now? Yeah, go, go ahead, Matt. guys. You guess. Go ahead, Matt. Uh, yeah, I was going to say a T-Rex with a cannon. <laughs> yeah, it's not just a T-Rex with a cannon. It is a Metal Gear T-Rex. 
known as the Heavy Assault Subjugated Bipedal Retaliation Organism, also known as the Hasbro. <laughs> For short. <laughs> That's it good. Is I like that. A, it, is that rocks, a, it is a T-Rex that is cybernetically enhanced with the ability to control vehicle mounted. It looks like it's got like the wings of helicopters with missile launchers coming off of it. Big heavy machine gun coming off of one side of it. It's a pretty badass looking thing. I know I th- most of us have seen the art for this thing around over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this thing is nothing to cry about, but giving it those three skills, coercion, brawl and gunnery, Maybe you don't want it to go first. Maybe you don't want it to have a high vigilance or, or cool. Um, maybe maybe you want players to get a chance to, you know, shit their drawers and run. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, pretty yeah. cool, though. Well done, Jim. All right. So that is it for uh, skills. Uh, the last two sections, uh, I think we can go over both of those pretty much um, together. together. And that would be talents and gear. Talents and abilities in gear. Yeah, talents and abilities in gear. Sorry. Yep. Um, so let me see. So for my um, Chagoth, my Cthulhu-esque brute, um, I definitely want to give it the adversary one talent for sure. Okay. I do want to give it the ability called Ambusher in the Dark, mm-hmm. which you'll get a boost die to stealth checks while in the darkness. And yes, the players will get those two setback die due to darkness as well. This is this is my way of saying on top of that because of its double dark down. skin, kind of double down on that. Um, and then as far as equipment goes, um, I'm thinking it's basically going to have like a suit, like a pseudopod. Um, pseudopod strike. Like a pseudopod, yeah. I don't, well, I don't know. Pseudopod strike. Um, and it'll probably have a damage of maybe, I'm thinking maybe three, two or three plus brawl, brawn, which would give it a base damage of like six, maybe seven. I'm liking this thing to be having a seven. Um, a critical, because it's more of like a slam attack, it's not going to be as easy to crit with it, so maybe a crit of four. Nice. Um... And then, of course, engaged range. It has no. You know what? You know what? No, we're going. You could do this at short range if you want. Oh, nice! This yeah, you could reach out. You could reach out. Oh, by the way, this will be a brawl attack. So we want to list. I think the way they do it is like skill first, then damage, crit, and whatever. So you mm-hmm. can do a brawl attack at either up to short range with it. So we'll ambush mm-hmm. you at short range, and he doesn't have to move and get out you get out to you. Um, let me see. Is that about it? Do I want to do something like so? Anything special regarding uh, claws or bite attack or? Well, um, maybe I'm wondering. Well, so what do we? So I'm thinking maybe this thing. Do you think it might have like a a bite attack maybe yeah grab it and bring it in it's got to eat somehow it does i picture it with a big toothy maw sweet you know, reaching out grabbing okay so for some reason i have this like really cthulhu-esque looking roper in my mind 
from oh, uh, D Shift Seventy. I like this, that. The, this, it, but it can it can move around instead of just being stuck in one spot. Mm-hmm. It's got a big toothy moth. That's what I have pictured in my head anyway. Cool. Or like an O2 type. And I'm thinking for that it'll be a brawl attack as well. Sure. Um, damage six. That seems reasonable for a bite. Yep, and I'm I'm gonna give it a crit value of two of three. Okay. Okay. Engage range, but I'm also gonna do pierce two. Sounds good. Toothy maw, man. And I'm thinking I'm thinking this um, pseudopod strike will has a it'll disorient you for a couple (laughs) rounds, maybe disorient two. Does it, is, wow. it disorient, is disorient? Is that the number of the, is the, yes. the number of their number, number of rounds? Yep, ranks in its number of rounds. They're disoriented, and that's just a setback die to everything, basically, right? Correct. That is? Setback die to all checks. Yeah, yeah. So that looks pretty good for a you know, and for a rival, two different attacks. That'd be kind of cool. So you could yep. disorient them and pull them in. You know, I mean, I could see the pseudopod strike. You know, maybe if he, if you get hit with one, and he does the disorient. Maybe you grab them, and there's like a a, bra, a like a brawn check to maybe not get moved into its mouth, and then the next round, munchy munchy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. All right. So um, I have uh, for my vampire bats, my giant bats. I have a um, couple things here. They have uh, listed that they're sun sensitive. Uh, sun sensitivity. So what I'm going to do is in sunlight, any kind of direct sunlight or bright light, I'm going to provide them with a setback die. Uh, actually, two. Two setback dies for their sun sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an ability. They don't have any talents. They're just minions. Um, and then another uh, – it says here that they have keen hearing. So anytime they make a vigilance or perception check based on hearing, this is for their sonar, um, I'm going to apply two boost dice. Ooh, nice. So that's simple. That's that's simple. Right. Yeah, um, they like to get the surprise. They're ambush predators. It's perfect. Um, and then for their attacks, um, I'm going to use uh, a, just a bite because they don't really attack with their wings or anything like that. They just have a bite. But they're little creatures. They don't have a big toothy mouth. They have really sharp fangs in their small mouth. Ooh. So I went with a bite damage of three, okay. which is essentially their brawn plus two, okay. um, which would be about the size, you know, about the damage of a sword. So, you know, that's, that's reasonable. Um, and then I gave it, since they're really sharp fangs, I gave it the pierce two quality. Oh, and uh, I'm sorry, a critical of four. Um, okay. So pierce two, and for the last ability on their attack, uh, because they like to drain blood, I give it the burn one quality. So, so the, what does burn one do? Burn one, burn equal to the uh, the number of the rating is equal to the number of rounds that they're going to take the damage, and they're going to take the base damage okay. of the attack for basically for one additional round. It's a blood drain, is what it is. So nice. even after their bite, they're they, you tend to bleed out a little bit. So let me ask you: Is so this so typically burn is at the beginning of their turn? Whoever mm-hmm. got bit, is there a soak applied to this? Because yes. it's a blood drain. 
Would you apply soak? I don't know if I would. Um, Granted, they're minions. I would say minions. It's, it's piercing, wouldn't it? Oh, it's yeah, with the pierce two quality, I could see that. But I don't know. I th- I think it's fine as is without it. I w- I wouldn't create any special rules for it. Now I would if I was creating the bigger, nastier version, the secret shadow. Understood. That one would probably have burn rating two that ignores soak. Yeah, you okay. could totally do that. Excellent. But the, the the really thing that the really thing here I'm getting to is they're only gonna really hurt somebody with their their burn rating that is weak. Already, gotcha. Cool. And that, and that that that's an indicator of they wouldn't really try to feed on the blood until they're latched onto an incapacitated foe. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool, man. They All sound right. pretty nasty, and I don't want to run into them in a dark alley. <laughs> For sure. Or, or on a snowy bluff. That's true. That either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Matt, how about Mumra? Um, okay, so uh, for his talents, I gave him adversary two, but I'm thinking I might change that to three. I'm not he is so a sure. Boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, I didn't give him any special abilities, um, so I just went right into spells. So he has the attack spell. He'll shoot lightning bolts out of his eyes. Nice. Um, I gave him the augment spell so he can transform himself and you know into the ever living Mumra or to other uh, other disguises that trick trick the PCs. Nice. And then I gave him the conjure spell so he can conjure his uh, uh, his Plundarian mutants, you know the reptilians, the monkeyans, the jackalmen, the vulturemen, and the ratmen. Now, awesome. one thing you could do is instead of and for t- for more talents is you could give him some of those spells as signature spells mm-hmm. so that you reduce the difficulty of them using the signature bill uh, spell mm-hmm. talent or the improved signature spell talent from uh, realms of terra in that case i would give him the augment spell as a signature spell then yeah you can do two you know yeah, you two it. of them two or three of them yeah there's nothing wrong with that i'm just like like his main eye attack and right. maybe his uh, augment. Both of those could be, uh, Im- like the the one could be improved signature spell, the augment, and then the eye attack could be just a signature spell. So, with improved, it reduces the difficulty by two. Okay. And then with the uh, to a minimum of one, and then with the attack, it reduces the difficulty by one. Okay, so that would go under talents then. Yeah. Yeah, you can either list it. I mean, you can list those things. Under talents, or if you want to keep your listing of talents down to nothing, just build the difficulty into the spell below, you know? Like, yeah, kind of how they totally. Did. Yeah. And you when you just, put your difficulties for, when you put your spells in the, and in for any caster, um, if you're going to put spells in and give them names, put the difficulty in the, in the block, yeah. like they do in Realms of Terranoth. Put the difficulty okay. of the spell, and then you can just build signature talent, uh, signature, uh, spell talent right into it um and you don't have to list it mm-hmm. um and, and then if play you know if players get a hold of the stat block go well, how's come their spells too easier if they see you rolling less dice because you roll in the open you can just go signature spell dude yeah <laughs> exactly nice all right anything else 
Nope, he doesn't have any equipment. I figured if he's got something, then that's going to be something you're going to give him uh, during for that specific uh, session. So nice, nice. All right. So the uh, Metal Gear T Rex here has oh talents. Um, so Jim went with uh, Adversary Two. Oh. Um, so here, he did. I was surprised uh, he didn't do Adversary Four. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but he gives it durable. So durable is going to reduce critical hits against it by the ranks you have in it. It only has one rank. Okay, so by 10%? Yep, okay. I do believe. I think that's what durable does. Uh, I should have looked. Um, he also It also has indomitable. Now, that one I don't remember what it is. Um, let's see. All right. Those are both in the Genesis Core rulebook okay. in the talent section. Um Durable is a tier one talent, and that is it reduces the critical to a minimum of zero one by ten percent per rank. Yep. It just has one rank, and then Indomitable tier five uh, is I a tier it. five. Yep. Once Go ahead. Per encounter. Oh, so this is an incidental out of turn. Once per encounter, when your character or when the T Rex would be mm-hmm. incapacitated due to exceeding their wound or strain threshold, you could spend a story point to use this talent. Your character is not incapacitated until the end of their next turn. Oh your my! Your character reduces their strain or wounds below their threshold before the end of their next turn. They are not incapacitated. Holy buckets! Yeah. Of poo, man. This yeah. I'll then he it. gives it. I'm going to skip a couple here, but he gives it swift because swift gives it the ability to um, ignore difficult terrain. terrain. Yeah, yeah. It basically being as it, the way it's built, it can step right over difficult terrain. Oh, it can yeah. plow through trees, things mm-hmm. like that. Makes so he, he gives it the swift talent. The last one, I love the way he did this as talents, but you could just do it as an ability. He gave it, and you wouldn't have to write it down as talents. You could just give it an ability, give it the difficulty, and call it what you want to call it, and then mm-hmm. apply the rules for the talents. He gave it because of its roar. Yeah, he gave it. Scathing tirade, improved scathing tirade, and supreme scathing tirade. <laughs> wow, dude. So when it likes to roar at you, it's yeah. basically going to create a shitload of strain. Nice. Um, Though I so, do have a go back on mine when we're done talking about the tier of this guy. Okay. <clears throat> and then he gave it he gave it two talents, yep. or two, two uh, abilities. The abilities are, oh, hell no. Uh, it, it, that is the. It's at the start of the encounter. All of her opponents, I like how he calls it a she, oh, yeah. must make a daunting fear check. That's the fear check. Mm-hmm. Uh, as an out of turn incidental, uh, per page, and he lists the rule in the in the core rulebook, page page two forty three for fear rules. Okay. Yep. So. That's just its fear level, fear level four. If you wanted to just put down, oh, hell no, fear level four, see rules on page 243. You could totally do that. Um, Next one, command authority. This is a weakness. When its control cabin is manned, that is the the wire box in its head that controls it, uh, automatically add one advantage equal to the number of ranks the operator possesses in an operation skill. Because, <laughs> yeah, this apparently has a c- 
cockpit on its back. <laughs> oh my god. That's All right. This thing is essentially a T-Rex and a mill and a uh, a hind Russian attack helicopter merged into one creature. <laughs> Weapon-wise, it has the General Electric GAU-8 Avenger 30mm autocannon, also known as the same gun on the nose of frickin' A-10 Thunderbolt. Okay, yeah. This thing has a forward-firing arc. Um, it uses gunnery, and it does damage 20. <laughs> has a crit rating of 5. Range of long has auto fire and linked because there's two of them. Oh, <laughs> Jim, you're a brilliantly devious man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then it also has the MGM 166 low set SSM. That's sh- uh, I think that's short missile launcher or short surface to air missile. I don't know. Um, it's 16 is the ammo. Um, fire arc forward. Gunnery uses gunnery. Uh, damage 20. Crit 2. Range extreme. Blast 10. Breach 5. What? It's got these... Oh, I don't know why I'd give something Breach 5, but uh, I mean, if it gets hit with its own missile, it's dead. Um, cumbersome 3. Guided 3. Limited ammo 1. Uh, and there's 16 of them. So... <laughs> oh and, and repair one, so it takes a round for it to reload the uh, the missile. Oh, oh there we go. Uh, surface to air missile. Oh, that's surface to surface missile. Okay, surface to air missiles. Six of them. Firing arc forward. Gunnery damage thirty. Crit three. Range extreme. Blast ten. Breach three. Guided three. Limited ammo one. Link two. Prepare one. I don't want to fight this thing. And then, if it decides to get up close and personal with you, mm-hmm. it has a vicious maw. But little arms, which, so we're fine. But little arms, yeah. It can't yeah, it can't, it, at but... least it can't pick up an additional machine gun to shoot you. <laughs> uh, vicious maw. Brawl. Damage is 10. Crit 3. Range is engaged. Pierce 3. And it's a vicious maw. So it has Vicious 3. Whoa, dude. I'm surprised you didn't give it electronic countermeasures or anything like that. I'm pretty sure it's deadly enough. (laughs) Those weapons are scary. Yeah, they are. Um, I don't want to run this thing ever again. The last time time I was scared shitless when I was shooting at it with my sniper rifle as we were flying and riding away on a Jeep and it kept missing us. Um... Well, that's good. <laughs> but it wasn't for lack of trying. It, it was just the dice were not in his favor. <laughs> <laughs> that's nasty. Uh, that but yeah, is nasty. It, was, it was pretty nasty. All right. So <sighs> yeah, that's the, that's the Metal Gear T Rex that he wow uh, he did. And Jim, thank you for sending that in. We appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, keep it to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude. Yowzers. Yowzers. Um, It's crazy. Uh, So I did did have a a go back. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, you're all right. 
Yeah, because remembering that this is actually a Cthulhu-esque brute, mm. I wanted to give it the terrifying ability. Gotcha. At the start of the encounter, all the opponents must make a hard fear check. Terrifying rank three? Yep, rank three. Yeah, so um, that kind of brings in that little bit of Cthulhu stuff into it, you know? Oh, yeah. And whatnot, so. Fear and madness. Yep, yep. That was one of the things I wanted to do for this thing. I just totally forgot it. Oh, that's fine. So there we go. All right, so I think we've pretty much set the tone. What do you think? I think we did, too. How would you, Matt? Great job on the on the mummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sound, sounds pretty uh, nasty, that, uh, that thing that you made. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, well, All right. cool. Let's go over to Advantageous Threats. Oh, yeah. All right. Time for your guys' favorite... Um, section section of this podcast and ours. We love this. Love advantageous threats. Um, so let's oh, yeah. see here. Do you want to go first tonight, or do you want me to go first, there, Tony? You can go first, good sir. All right. Well, okay. So as every if everybody's listened to the last um episode, my oh yeah, there was a to be continued. <laughs> there was, and a little Semwick was just poisoned. The previous round. Or so. He failed this poison check, and because he got a triumph on it, I think, I think I, I think he got a triumph. He failed, but he got a triumph. Um, we were mentioning, yeah, maybe he can, like, try and feign death, right? Yeah. He was dead. So, um, so let me start building up a little dice pool here. So basically what Semlick is going to do, he's going to try and feign death against this assassin um, nemesis, if you will. That um, just poisoned his ass. Um, so let me see. So he is fairly cunning with a three. So this is definitely going to be like a deception check. Um, he's a pretty good liar. So we're going to do two ranks. He has two ranks in that. So I'm going to upgrade those. So I've got a two yellow and one green pool so far. But his adversary is fairly vigilant um, with a willpower of two and two ranks in vigilance. So he's so this is going to be against a two, um, so willpower of two, two difficulty upgraded twice for the two ranks, makes it a two red. So all right, that's what I'm starting with. All right, I and immediately Matt, and Matt feel free as a as a as a GM there to um, throw some of your uh, negatives on me too. <laughs> Jump in here, or whatever, dude. Well, personally, I remember last session, and we you made it a point to point out that Semwick still had the dagger stuck in him. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So let's go ahead and immediately apply a setback die for that. I'm good with that, sure. Okay. And then I think your current condition... Um, I did, was there net threat on that roll at all? I can't remember. You know what? You, let's let's just say that your current condition, though, being like on the edge of being out. I think he's let's on go the ahead edge. and put in an 
yeah, let's go ahead and put in another setback die for that. Yep. Now, if you had talents that allowed you to remove setback dice on deception checks, totally would use, like, knack for it. Would he have the knack for it talent? What do you um, think? Would, would Semic be a, a, a consummate I'm, liar? Yeah, he is. He's a good consummate liar. He would have the knack for it talent. So you I get to remove both of those. Let's do it. Woo-hoo. All right. What do we think? I think this might be... I don't think he deserves really any boost dice. It's just a whole, like, oh. <laughs> he's, he's, he's done. He's almost done for. Okay. So As a GM, Matt, what do you think? You would spend a point here, wouldn't you? Uh, you know, I, I don't think I would. Would you? No, because I would think that the villain would have him think that he has him down. That's yeah, what I would normally yeah. do. Yeah. Yep. And um, I'm, I'm thinking because this could be the final curtain call of Semwick, I think I could. I, I think it's in my wheelhouse to maybe do a, to do a, to spend a story point here. Anyway, sure, go ahead. So okay, so I'm looking at three yellow versus two red. And, and why are you why are you spending the story point? The story point could be because as a stories go, this could be the end of Semwix <laughs> if he fails this. <laughs> That's why I'm spending it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Semwix, stay alive, and this is going to be rolled on the Genesis book. No. <laughs> um, well, I hear despair in his voice. <laughs> um, not so much despair as failed with an advantage. Okay. Uh, so what happens? How many net fails was it? Okay. How so badly did you fail? Two and two. So basically, it's two and two. And they, it basically cancels out. So I rolled two. Okay. So, so it's just a straight up blank no success right and i'm left with one advantage i rolled two advantage on one die and i rolled a threat and a and a um and a failure on another die so that cancels Mm -hmm. out the one the one advantage so i just have one advantage i would say that the advantage knocks out the the dagger from your back if you would like to as a player uh, i would let you decide what you want to do with that Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think um, the yeah I think the dagger definitely falls out, or at least he pulls it out without really any more damage. But I failed the check. So the villain, yeah, would look down at you and grin as you went released a uh, an inaudible groan when the dagger came out. Oh yeah. <laughs> Almost as, enough. And then, as our um, as our heroes, um, well, the scene goes dark, kind of at the end of like The Sopranos, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the fate of Semwick is left to hang in the wind. That's right. All right, excellent day. All right. Well, I like to mix it up, so I decided I'm going to do one here. My character, character by the name of Hemlock Jones. You know, I must say, I love that name, dude. Yeah. Kung Fu using P.I. in a 1970s crime game is fighting off a minion group of five armed thugs using the street tough uh, on page 134 okay. oh, of the Genesis Core book. That is actually in the um, in the area we were just talking about. This is in the yeah, adversary profile. adversary section. That's right. Nice. 
It's like I picked it on purpose or something. There you go. Dude, you're much better at this than me. (laughs) 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 All right. Uh, So, yeah, a minion group of five of them. I have been in in a back alley behind a bar. Hemlock has a brawn of three and a brawl of three. And he has the talents, multiple opponents, and master and in brawl. Ooh, so he's an experienced dude. Yeah. Master so, of fourth level of fourth tier talent, so he's got some experience. Uh, right. And multiple opponents. What does that do? I almost forgot. I do believe that gives you a boost die. When fighting multiple when dudes. Fighting multiple dudes. I'm going to double check that because I think you're right, but I want to be sure. So, um, yeah, I'm I should looking look at it, I'm looking it up right now. Yes, it is. It adds one boost die to his brawling melee combat checks when engaged with multiple opponents. All this right, so I have single a... groups of multiple minions. Now I do believe so. That was um, for FCRB. I was looking at the expanded rules, but oh, that's fine. There was one that I think, and then I think you get a. A setback die if you're only facing one. I believe that's how that works. Well, he's used to fighting off multiple opponents, so I don't mind that. All right, so with my Brawn 3, Brawl 3, I have a three yellow dice pool and a blue die added in for uh, my multiple opponents talent. Now, Master Brawler, um, that, I do believe, allows me to add a green die? I can't remember. Oh, Master allows you to reduce the... Um, that's out of Tiernoth, though, right? Ah, uh, no. Uh, Master. No, it's in the core rulebook. When you purchase this talent, choose one skill. Once per round, your character may suffer two strain to use the talent to reduce the difficulty of the next check, oh. uh, making the uh, by two to a minimum of uh, easy. easy, of one. So that's a All right, so it's just talent. Oh, so he is an experienced dude. So it is just a uh, two purple difficulty normally for um, a minion group of five mm-hmm. uh, for a melee attack, and I'm going to reduce it to one. All right, do your worst. Do our worst. Well then, well these thugs. So what are we looking at right now? We're looking at three... Three yellow, a blue, and a purple. Three yellow, a blue, and a purple. Mm-hmm. And these are minions. These are minions. Are they surrounding you? Sure. They are. But he does have the multiple opponent's talent, but... That doesn't mean they're not going to put setback dice on me for attacking me from all directions at once. Yeah, that's true. There's five of them. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? Two... Setback dice? I'm thinking maybe two setback dice. They've got you outnumbered five to one. How's the weather or the lighting out here or the footing? You're in a back alley? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's raining. Yeah. And a flickering light. Flickering light. So one more setback die for poor lighting? Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, I don't see any need as a player to upgrade this check. I'm still thinking I've got this thing in hand. Yeah. Uh, do you guys <laughs> well, as a... Would you guys, as GMs, upgrade this? I think so. Because Hemlock... Yeah, I think, I think the advantage is in their favor, so yeah. Yeah, yeah I think there's so. a reason for despair. There yeah. is. All right. They're, they're coming, well, now they're coming here to just beat you down, man. 
and beat take me down. Their, take you back to their to their lair. They don't want no pesky PI poking around their bar. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> all right. All right. So Hemlock rolls it up. First of all, my uh, one of my setback dice came up a blank. The other two rolled threat. Okay. I rolled no advantage. However, I did roll two successes. Okay. Four threat. My red die I came back as two threat also. Ooh. But my boost die was blank and and uh two of my uh yellow dice were blank. So I rolled a lot of blank here. Yeah, but yeah, I did one one uh proficiency die with two successes on it. And then um, the uh, the red die had to two threat, and the two black dice had two threat. So, mm-hmm. I wallop one of these dudes doing my normal kung fu damage that I would do, and I don't know what that would be, but I would assume it would be my brawn. I'm sure. Plus, I'm one. thinking it might take one out. Yeah, brawn plus one, uh, a street thug. Um, yeah, I'd probably take out one of them. Yeah. The guy who's coming at me head on, I I wallop him good. Yeah. However, with four threat, that's essentially the equivalent of a despair. It really is. It really is. And when we're talking um, despairs here, or even triumphs, it kind of changes the battle. It's something that would kind of change the battle to our favor. Team Mm -hmm. Evil. What do you think? (laughs) What do you think there, Matt? First thing that popped in your head. What do you think? How do we want to despair this guy? Emlock Jones. Uh, what weapon was he using? His fists of fury. Because <laughs> kung fu. <laughs> mm. I would say the thugs probably are also like using like brass knuckles or pipes or you know improvised weapons. Maybe a beer bottle or two. Yeah. I think they. Um, I think your. So this was your attack on them, right? Mm-hmm. I think it might be. I think it might be one of those things where you might you might have like what you like mollywop this guy in front of you, right? Taking out this one, this one, um, this one minion in front of you, and you try to do that. You try to do that um, that that twisting kick, kind of around, but because it's mm-hmm. raining, a little you know, you know, maybe a little slippery outside. You fall down, and these guys jump on top of you. You know what I mean? So they're oh. kind of like a dog pile, and they got you dog pinned, piled on, and they got you like pinned on the ground right now. So, so immobilized. Be, so basically immobilized, and you're going to need to make some sort, maybe next sort of move, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You'll probably need to make some sort of athletics check or kung fu check to kind of get out of it against these four guys that have you down. Nice. You that. Yeah, that sounds good. Now is he going to have a setback because of that? Oh no, I would I would fully upgrade the check if I was um, GMing. Yeah, I would think I would think you'd probably have an upgrade upgrade or increased difficulty check, one or the other. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm thinking it might be an increased difficulty. So what would have been a hard uh mm-hmm. uh athletics check the next round instead for him would become daunting. Yeah, what what was their brawn? Was their brawn three? Uh, their brawn was uh, well, whatever the street thugs have, on page one thirty four. Yeah, I'm looking. Let me see. I think the yeah, brawn's the two. Bra- the other brawn is a three. Okay. Yeah. So it would be three normally. Yeah, it'd be some sort of like brawl check or 
opposed brawl check or something like that. But yeah, it'd be it'd be it might be pretty tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Nice. All right, Matt, you got a one you want to do, or you think you, uh, uh, we beat this to death? No, I, I think I got one. Um, okay, so my my character is Uncle Jay. He is he is a luchador with a, a chicken mask on. <laughs> All right. He's walking down the street, and across the street, he sees his nemesis, El Diablo, or not not his nemesis, his rival, his rival, El Diablo is trying to mug a little old lady across the street. Nice. <laughs> so he's going to leap into action. He's going he's going to run across the street and try to clothesline this guy. Nice. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So, uh, so he's got a bra, um, a brawn of 3 and a brawl of 3. Cool. And he's got a, the talent um where is it? Uh, berserk. Luke he's got the talent berserk. Berserk. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, that, that's so that's, that's uh, page seventy-five. Uh, so he gets to add a success and two advantage to all his melee combat checks. <laughs> I love it. Nice. <laughs> so with the brawn of three and a brawl of three, we're looking at three yellow. Yep. And it, it I mean, this is going to be definitely a, a brawn, a brawl check. So it'll be too too difficulty to start, right? Okay. Now, you but said, you said this guy was a rival? Yes. Yeah. I'm thinking adversary one. Yeah. Okay. So automatically upgrade that sucker. Um, let's see here. You know, now, I'm, is, thinking, I'm thinking he's he's catching the guy by surprise. So maybe I was going to say, is he, is he charging the guy screaming or is he like attacking quietly? That's where I was coming well, at. Well, he's from, berserking. Yeah. He's berserking. Yeah, he is berserking, right, yeah. But I do like the whole, I do like the whole, uh, you know, just charging. Catching him I, off guard. Catching him off yeah. guard. I'm, I'm liking the boost eye on this, man. <laughs> yeah. However, yeah. there's also an innocent bystander. Yeah. Yeah. So let's throw a setback and die in for the little old lady. Ooh, yep. Yep. So would you say he's distracted by the little old lady too? He's distracted in a sense that he doesn't want to necessarily hurt her. So he's going with the clothesline. He might not try and get her, right? Or something. Yeah, just a just a setback die that he's just trying to avoid hitting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That works. I like it. And I, I don't see any reason to use a story point for him. Okay. And I wouldn't as a GM, not in the opening round. No, not okay. In the opening round. <laughs> I mean, so because of course, go. negotiation round zeros has been skipped. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All so, right. We'll see what Uncle Jay I got, does. I got three yellow. I got one blue. Okay. And I have one red, one purple, and one black. Rainbow so, dice, love it. Looks good, man. One of everything. Oh. <laughs> well, the good news is I got something on every dice. Uh, the boost and the setback cancel each other. Nice. All right. So it looks like I have... Um, I have one success and three advantage. Nice. All right. So... Explain to us how you got the drop on this guy. Yeah, man. 
so the old lady's pulling on her purse and kind of pulls him into the, the just the perfect position for him to come charging in. And he basically runs in between the old lady and clothesline uh, El Diablo right out in the street. So the three advantage, nice. you want to knock him on his butt? Yeah. Basically knock him down. He lets go of the purse. The little old lady probably thanks you. Ah, oh, thank you. What is it? Luchador <laughs> J? Is that what it is? Uh, Uncle J. Oh, Uncle, Uncle J, yeah. Thank you, Uncle J. <laughs> <laughs> Very and nice. She, and, and, and then she, and then she like, then she like, groin stomps, you know, El Diablo, and she runs away. Right, because <laughs> <laughs> right, she's a retired wrestler herself. No one else goes. That's right. All right, cool. Well, folks, that is advantageous threats today. Thank you for joining us, Matt, on that. That was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome, dude. <laughs> All right, shall we get on out of here? Let's get on out of here. everybody thank you for joining us tonight and special thanks to there matt for joining us um from thoughts of a barbarian um i wanted to give a quick shout out to the rpg brewery run by um jamie pearson and stefan dragon spawn over there they do interviews live plays they have a patreon they're on twitch the youtubes the google pluses part of the nerds international community and whatnot um, and then uh, let's mention, uh, I think another thing we want to mention is NivCon 2. What's that, Tony? Nerds International Virtual Convention 2. Nice. That will be going on uh, the weekend of September 15th and 16th. Mm-hmm. And uh, yours truly and a couple other people are running um, uh, some Genesis games. There's also Savage Worlds, uh, Tales from the Loop. There's a ton of games. Um, if you want to run a game, it's easy to sign up. You can run a game. We'll come on and play your game. Uh, members of the Nerds International community, and maybe even Chris and myself, if you entice us with a cool enough game. That's how I got into Jim's uh, G.I. Joe or Real American Heroes. I thought, oh, I got to try this. Yeah. So uh, that was fun. Um I am going to be running uh, uh, one I called – is based on a board game that I kickstarted about two years ago that I still have yet to get. It's supposed to arrive in the next couple of weeks uh, called Deep Madness, which is a Cthulhu-esque horror game that takes place in a deep-sea mining facility. Mm, nice. Um, cool. How about you, how about you and, Matt? Are you going to run anything? I haven't signed up yet, but I think I'm going to be running Operation White Box. It's an OSR uh, World War II game. I'm sorry nice. that I missed that when you ran it a couple weeks ago, dude. I would love to play in that. Yeah, so there you go. Pay attention to the to the the signups, Chris. You might be able to get in on that game. And I also may, if it comes out in time between now and then, I may run strictly a Skype game of uh, Legend of the Five Rings, mm. uh, the new game coming from Fantasy Flight. We'll see. Yep. Um, I don't know how long they're going to give me. If it comes out September 8th, I'm not going to have time to prepare anything. That's <laughs> so, true. Yeah. That's so true. I, have, I do have my friend Dale who is going to uh, Gen Con. Uh, he is my scout. He is going to be looking for see if they have it there and if they do pick it up for me. So. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. 
So Matt, so you're you've come on. You have this, you have this blog. Tell us about it. Pimp your pimp yeah. yourself, man. Uh, well, thoughts of a barbarian. You can find me at thoughtsofabarbarian.blogspot.com. Uh, basically, it's just the place for me to to write down whatever I feel like writing down. Uh, I do lots of reviews. I do tutorials, uh, crafting kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's just a place for me to to be able to write stuff that you know. And if people read it, awesome, you know. But otherwise, it's just it's just for me to put it out there. Honestly, that's the first place I ever heard of and then wanted to try Tales from the Loop when you did your review on that. I thought that was mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, you. That's funny that. Yeah, that was my it. first. That was my first post too, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah you ran that at, for us at Con and Cobb last year. I had fun with that. That was a fun game, dude. Yeah, and I'm running it again at Con and the Cobb again this year, um, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and Con and the Cobb. That's gonna be in Richfield, Ohio, November eighth through this eleventh or something like that. <laughs> That sounds right. Yeah. yeah. Well, so us three, we're all going to be there. I think Jamie, Stefan, uh, probably another, what, another, is there, what do you have, about 20 of us from Nerds International going? I, I think about 15. 15? Yeah. Well, we had about 15 last year. I think it's going to be going higher this year. I think it's going to be 20 to 25. Nice. That's going to be mm. great. Yeah, so we'll be down near the pool. We're going to have like three tables. Oh, yeah. Nerds on the cop. Nerds on the cop. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, you can um, get a hold of all of these awesome uh, podcasts and blogs over on the Nerds International with the hyphen yep. Google Plus community. Uh, we're over there. Uh, we're also on Facebook. Uh, you can get a hold of me over there, and I'll forward that on to Chris. Mm-hmm. Or you can email us your hundreds of – wait. Uh, your ones of emails. Yeah. Um, <laughs> finding the narrative podcast at gmail.com. And uh, of course, you've listened to us. You probably found us on Podbean, but we're also available on iTunes and YouTube. Yep. So. Been great having you on there, Matt. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. Hey, thanks. I had fun. Good. All Good. right. Well, this is Tony saying, keep rolling them bones. And this is Chris saying, remember the rule of cool and just have fun, everybody. Good night. Adios. Finding a Narrative podcast is not affiliated with or endorsed by any companies mentioned on this show. Any of the products mentioned on our show or appear on our website are the property and copyright of their respected owners. All items are used under fair use and educational and review purposes. All other items are the intellectual property of Finding a Narrative Podcast. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.